This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 2nd. This is episode 1986. This episode is brought to you by the American Driving Society. Good morning, horse world. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday morning, the first Thursday of the month, which means it's driving radio time here on Horses in the Morning with Dr. Wendy. And we are so excited. We've been getting good feedback on this segment and moving the driving show over here to Horses in the Morning. I know that uh, one of our guests off the air today said he really enjoys that this is happening. So um, we've heard from other people. So good job, Wendy. Thanks, boss. And you did a good job setting up the 45 guests we have on the show today. So what's, yes. what's coming up? <laughs> today, we chat with three-day eventer and combined driver Tracy Bowman and her upcoming travels to Holland for the FEI Para World Championships. Mike Ryder previews the Villa Louis Carriage Classic. Katie Cadwell shares her Tremont training tips. And on the TCVM segment, Dr. Cheryl Schwartz, the author of Four Paws, Five Directions, shares her holistic healing techniques. I can't wait to hear her. She's kind of the one that you looked up to in the beginning of your traditional Chinese medicine life. Oh, yes. She's definitely, she's like a master. She's up there with Dr. Shea. And she's, she she's the one that really wrote the book. We've talked about, we've talked about the five elements many times on the show, and yeah. it's, it always seems to fascinate everybody, including me. Uh, and she's kind of wrote the book on it. Well, you know, we use her textbook at the Qi Institute and at other um, uh, acupuncture, in other acupuncture programs, because uh, while all Chinese acupuncture texts have five element theory in them, they're most, most of the times written by Chinese people. So her um, perspective is really interesting because she writes about the five elements as a traditionally trained veterinarian, you know, looking at it from a, a veterinarian's point of view, from, you know, the, someone that is a, you know, American or a, a Western person. Very good. Well, we have so many guests today. We're just going to get started. And we're starting today with Kitty Catwell with our training tip of the month. Well, Kitty Cadwell of Tremont Farm is back with us again this month to share her training tips. Yeah, I thought we could work on maybe some cones. So what we're going to work on is circles and straight lines mm -hmm. and setting up a grid, essentially, like same as you would do with jumping a grid so we can train circles and straight lines. So how many cones would you use? So it's going to take 14 cones, so seven sets. Mm -hmm. And we're going to set up two circles in like a digital eight or a snowman. So you have one set in the middle, and then you're going to put two circles off there. And you can put them at 30-meter circles, 40-meter circles, or 20-meter circles. It really doesn't matter. It's just learning how to drive the circle. Now, okay, 
if you like, if you're driving a mini, you're not going to want to set up a 40 meter circle, right? I mean, you have to. No, you're probably going to want to go with the 20 meter circle because the point of this grid would be that we can drive circles and then we can drive it as an oval so that we also have straight lines in our. Ooh, I see. But you want to make it like big enough that you don't feel like you need to, that you can drive it smoothly, but small enough so that you're still getting some bend, right? Right, right. Because I'm going to tell you a big secret, you guys. What? You're going to have to drive thinking push, not pull. What? But I love pulling. I know it's so <laughs> tempting and it's what we all want to do, okay, but we need to start thinking I, I to push, not pull. Okay. So what do you mean by that? Okay. So if I'm driving a circle and we have this grid set up and we're working a circle or a figure eight or even the oval in it, what we want to think about is setting the bend with the inside rein, but pushing them to the outside, not pulling them to the outside. So that if I'm going to the left, I can keep a left bend but I could open up my circle by using my outside rein. So when I do, when I do a circle, yes. So when I do a circle, you can push them to the outside and not counter bend them and pull them to the outside. So how are you pushing them to the outside? If they have a proper bend, you can push them to the outside because really we should be steering with our outside rein, not our inside. The horse's engine comes from the inside hind leg. Yeah, so you're so like kind of imagining, that- like with riding, you have your inside leg. And you kind of want exactly that same it, feeling Wendy. in your hand when you're driving. But I think like, I know this is what happened when I started driving. I kept trying to use my inside leg and it doesn't work because I'm sitting in the carriage. Well, that's where you need to learn whip handling. Because you want to use your whip, like, essentially like a leg and stroke the horse's side. So that, because think about it, when you ride, you sit on them, but you push your inside leg into your outside rein. And that's Mm -hmm. all we want to learn when we're working on these circles is to make a circle round. We need to use the outside rein to open and close the circle, not the inside rein. I think one of the things also that you told me to break me of the habit, because I like to turn, if I'm turning left, I like to pull on my left rein, <laughs> but then it ends up in disaster because I'll r- hit the cone. It's too like sharp or maybe they'll neck bend and then I'll hit the outside cone and it's very inaccurate. It's not really round, right? I wasn't making round circles, but you're right. You need to use your whip and push them out there. But also I felt like my outside hand, I used to, it like, it took me a long time and a lot of Randy hitting me on the arm from behind my, and from the backseat of my carriage, because if my arm was tense, then I couldn't allow them to come into my outside hand. Right. It has to be super elastic. It's like, it's a giant rubber band, your outside rein. So the, that's why this grid is so helpful to driving. And we use it all the time too, because you can work on the circle and work on the circle and work on pushing it out. And it's a cone. So what if you knock a cone down, but it can right. teach you to, to use the outside rein to steer the circle, not the inside rein, because it is our natural instinct to pull the inside. You think I want to go left, pull left. Right. And we actually with the horse, because of their engine being that inside hind leg, 
the rain's essentially attached to that. So if we pull the inside, we shut down the engine. So we got to get ourselves into a good rhythm and then we can go into the cones and and a good bend. Should you start out maybe just staying on a circle until you kind of get it and then start to do the figure eight? Yes. Work on the circle until you feel comfortable with it and then change through the middle, through that middle cone and then work on the other side for a while. And then eventually you'll find that change through the middle will come quicker and easier and you won't feel like you're pulling them all the time. And you won't feel like you're driving a square. Because if you start to run late, you'll realize it because all of a sudden you're going past the cone and angling back. And you've lost the circle. Oh, yeah. So I think this is also a situation where it's like when you're teaching your horse how to jump, you need a ground person. Because think of how many cones you're going to knock over. And if you're by yourself, you're going to have to get out. You're going to have to try to put the cone back up and you're going to have to be holding your horse attached to the carriage, blah, blah, blah. So make sure you get a ground person. A ground person? Ground person is a great idea. Also, (laughs) just set the cones wide enough in the beginning to give yourself a little bit of fallout room. It doesn't have to be set at 20 centimeters to start with. Oh, yeah. You can set them a little bit wide and work your figure eights and then eventually take it down. We don't need to do it all in one day. That's a great idea. Like pleasure cones are like eight feet wide, aren't they? So exactly. But it will still teach you to drive a circle and then you can work on narrowing the cones. But yeah, I don't want you getting in and out of the carriages. Yeah. You hear that Glenn? Oh, you that's make... not a problem on my end. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, Glenn can't will, get out. Yet. I will drive around Probably. the cone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Over the cone, under the cone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i'll come back the- later and set it up yeah exactly it can stay there it's just an extra obstacle i just have to be more careful <laughs> and then what yeah. about the oval the oval how do you drive so the oval? once once you start getting the circles down then you have the option of when you come around that end you can go straight ahead so what you get is a bend and then a straight line and then a bend again so then it becomes a big oval that because you need the bend first before you can work on straightness. Yeah. Straightness comes after bending. So after you get all the circles and the bending, then you can start working on the oval. And it just makes a fun grid, but also an easy way for you to start visualizing what's a curve and what's a straight line. Yeah, that's actually a great tip because I think sometimes, like I know that there are certain horses that I look back at my center line if I'm in a sand arena and it looks like a drunken sailor came down there. It's not straight at all, but it it didn't feel so bad because you're not sitting on them. So like if I was sitting on them, you could feel them wiggling around. So I think this is a great exercise because, uh, like you said, you can have a little bit of bend, but then learn to go straight and then bend again without shutting them down. Like without, you know, keeping their momentum going, but also try to help you stay straight and not be all wiggly. And the cones give you guidance. They give you what is a 30 meter circle and what is a straight line so that you have a visual for you to work on as as well as your horse seeing the cones. That's true. Cause they don't want to hit the cones. No. Well, Katie, thanks so much for that great tip. That's really fun. I really like that we're like building on uh, the way we're going because maybe we can like 
just subtly get Glenn to listen to <laughs> training tips. So the next time I go for a carriage ride with him, I won't be terrified. <laughs> no, and this is something everybody needs is circles and straight lines. Oh, I Whether thought you were going to say everybody needs or... a little terror in their life every once in a while. That's what I thought you were oh, going to okay, say. Oh, okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> we all like amusement parks. That's right. Roller coasters yeah. are fun. We pay money to do that. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. See, Wendy, catch up. And uh, also, we want to, with a little combined driving chat, and I think Kitty is uh, very well qualified to give us these championships previews because between she and her sister Miranda, they've been involved so many Team USAs for fours, pairs, singles, ponies, and para. So welcome, Kitty. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Glenn. Now, Kitty, I can't even begin to remember how many teams you've been involved with because you've been, it feels like you've driven fours, pairs, singles, you've been involved with the ponies and you were the coach for the para for so many years. So just give us a little rundown of all the team USA's you've been involved with. I, I think between Randy and I, we have done eight world championships ourselves in pairs, singles, and then, slackers. Um, yes, coach the disabled team. Yes, slackers. <laughs> uh, coach the disabled team uh, since 1998, the first time they went. Yeah. So we did that for quite a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then helping Chester out with his horses and yeah. Gary Stover with it, with WEG. And yeah, we've been in it a while. And it's so exciting. Uh, this year of all the things that are going on, like we have the WEG coming up and try on with the fours plus the singles and the paras. This is like the first time that they're going to be at the same venue. The first time two world championships will be at one venue. A busy year, very busy year. So what do you think about the foreign hands? What do you think about WEG coming up? Well, I think that they've had a lot of good results from a lot of the drivers, you know, Chester was just finished sixth at Aachen, which yeah. is very good. And, um, Misty's having a good season too. She's over based out of Holland. She went to Sandringham and had a great show there. So I think, you know, those are your, probably your top two yeah. for right now. And then, um, Jimmy's had success with his horses and Lisa Stroud is in there. And then below that, and it's hard because this year they're only taking three to wed. Uh, you've yeah. got, Paul May and Weba Dragster, who are also qualified to go. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really solid list of competitors. So. I think it's a good list from the U.S. We, we have some competitive people. Also, speaking of the foreign hands, d- did you see about Bram Chardon and his father winning first and third at the, at Aachen? Wasn't that exciting? Yeah, that's super. And they named the Dutch team. So it's father, son, and then Coasterong. Yeah, I think that's, I think, I mean, could you imagine the father and son? I mean, Isbron must be so proud. That must be a really fun time for him. I think so. I think he also sees him, his son chasing him hard. I know. And then also we, there's Boyd with the broken leg. He came in second with the broken leg. That's Boyd yes. Excel from Australia. Yeah, yep, Boyd Excel. Yes. Yeah. And what, how did he break his leg? Jumping off a carriage. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, Something he always does that's yeah. a little risky. 
<laughs> off of a moving carriage. And he's not a tall guy. Yeah, no. 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 Well, and so uh, at least he didn't run himself over with his carriage like last time. That is true. That is true. <laughs> One time, I forget, what did he break his wrist or something, right? Oh, yes, but he also, when he ran himself over with his carriage, he broke his leg and his hip. Oh, it was his leg and his hip, yeah. So yeah, he was driving his, he was pulling his four-in-hand carriage with his, his four-wheeler. You know, because they're so heavy, they're 1,300 pounds, and one thing led to another and ended up in disaster, and he ran himself over, which I have to he say. downshifted, flipped <laughs> the quad bike, and then the carriage ran him over. <laughs> but I have run myself over, It too. happens. It happens. <laughs> and so for the singles, we have some very exciting things going on, too. We have um, the singles team hasn't been named yet, but we have a really good list of singles we have uh nifty hamilton with her, and it seems like they're all dutch harness horses in there uh we have jacob arnold uh and we have donna crookston and gary yeager all over in europe competing right now aren't they yes and i think uh jacob and donna haven't left yet i think they're at uh hermitage right now they were just doing a u.s training mm-hmm. but uh, i think it's pretty strong you have some people donna crookston has a ton of experience she's been to quite a few world championships yeah jacob is a fast marathon driver yeah and nifty doesn't have the international experience but she's a really good competitor um and then uh also we have the para team they're also having their championships this year and it'll be at the same site as the singles world championships at um in i can't say this name horst on damas in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're looking pretty strong. We have Diane and Bob Giles, and they've been on teams before. Diane has, uh, has go- multiple medals in para, as does Bob, actually. They, they got the bronze last time, and they have newcomer Tracy Bowman from California driving a her Welsh cob. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Thanks so much <laughs> for joining us. I can't wait to hear your tip next month, and we'll talk to you again soon. So, Dr. Wendy, I saw that you put some new things up on your website. Tell us about that at drwendyying.com. I did. I have a whole line of topical herbal um, holistic products for all different things. And um, my farrier, Patty Falvey, who we've had on the show before, uh, was very helpful in me developing one of the products, which I have called Dr. Ying's Hoof Honey for Thrush. <laughs> but there, um, it's a. Dr. I have all Yang's different kinds so of topicals. Funny. Yeah, don't you like that? Because <laughs> it's like honey is is like honey consistency, and it helps with thrush. So you can put it on your horses, um, on your horses thrush if they have white line. You can put it in there, and it's so thick it sticks in there for a couple of days even without wrapping. Because what? now that my horses are retired, I don't lift their feet that often. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, let me ask you about summer sores. We've been having a terrible problem in this area with summer sores this year. Oh, you have? Well, I should send you some summer sores, Sav. Yeah, so what, summer what do you sores have for that? are really, really bad because horses have this great way of healing. They, you know, horses can get these big gashes in their muscle, and they, and it's amazing how they can fill in that those da- that damage. But that's because they're very good at making granulation tissue. Summer sores are when they get a little cut and then a fly will land on the cut and 
and um, lay some larvae in there. It's called a habronema. And that habronema larvae actually wiggles around in there and it causes inflammation and then it causes the horse to produce uh, granulation tissue. So the summer sore salve is really good because it is a, um, a blend of herbal products that reduces inflammation, but it also is some herbs that I use to reduce um, tumors and masses, and then it has some essential oils in there. And then it also, um, it does have chemicals in it. It's not totally herbal. I have some um, praziquantel in there, which is a dewormer. So... Which is what they tell you to put on summer sores anyway. So right, because yeah. you need to put some you need to put some dewormer on there to kill the larvae. It's gross too when they open because up. Because you can gross. imagine if, <laughs> if you had larvae crawling around in your skin, it's awful. So then they keep itching, and it's you have to break this itch scratch cycle. Yeah, and that, that that problem is they open up, and it's really gross, and they can't you can't get them and to then close more up. Flies. And, One of the other things that you can do for summer sores that's very important is you have to deworm all the horses on the farm. And if you can get your neighbors, like I live in a subdivision of horse farms, so I'm only on five acres. So if my neighbors are bad at deworming, then my horses are still exposed. So the um, life cycle of that fly actually does go through the tummy. So you need to make sure you're in a good deworming protocol. Uh, You know, nowadays... There are a lot of people who do fecal floats, which is still a good idea. It's just a good idea to do fecal floats. But um, you you still, if you have a problem with summer sores, that is an indication you need to deworm your horses orally. And where can we find all of this again? You can find it at drwendyying.com. And then you go on, you click on holistic products. And you'll find all of the salves you want. Yes. Dr. Wendy. to welcome Dr. Cheryl Schwartz to the TCVM segment. Dr. Cheryl is the author of Four Paws, Five Directions, which is the textbook of five element theory for animals. She has a holistic veterinary practice in the San Francisco Bay Area. And in addition to her books, she offers a series of online workshops called The Healthy Pet Pathway. So welcome, Dr. Cheryl. Hey, thanks for having me on, Wendy. You know, or shall I'm so I call ex- you Dr. Wendy for no, the, you don't have to, the radio no, you show. No, you don't have to call me Dr. <laughs> Wendy. I'm so, I'm so happy you're here because you have really inspired me so much. I remember listening to you talk in 2009 at our um, TCVM conference at the Chi Institute. And I, um, I love your book about the five elements, but also I love the way you... Uh, bring the animal's personality into helping heal them because I feel like that's how I really want to relate to my patients too. And uh, I'm just so happy you could join us today. Oh, I'm so happy also. And I'm very glad that you remember me from 2009. I can't believe it, but in June of 2018, I have been practicing for 40 years. <laughs> I'm a graduate wow. from Washington State from 1978. So now I'm, I've been practicing longer than a lot of people have been alive. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it really blows me well, away. Well, congratulations. That, 
Yes, that's what I think, too. Hey, it's working. And then people say, you do Chinese medicine and holistic therapies, does it work? And I say to them, well, it's been a lot of my life. If it didn't, I would be in the wrong profession. And you have seen (laughs) so many changes in traditional medicine and Chinese medicine in this country. You've seen Chinese medicine grow from infancy uh, to something that people actually will talk about and respect now, which wasn't the case when you started. Well, it's true. I'm one of the founding members of the Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. And explain to people what it was like back then. It had to be tough. You know, it was always what I liked doing. So when I talked about it, I made it real. And one of the biggest hurdles was to let people know that how valid it is and that it's not this woo-woo stuff, that energy actually exists. So I would have people do different exercises with each other to rub their hands together and see if they felt anything or to go into a room and look at things and shut the lights off and see if they could still see things. It's a different perception. It's a different way of viewing things and existing, but it's very valid and very real. And because I didn't defend it in the terms of being really defensive about it, and I always welcomed veterinarians in, I didn't have a hard time. I remember a long time ago that I was seeing a patient who was helping, this is a dog patient, and she was helping her person who had suffered from a stroke, and this dog would not leave her side and was her total companion. And the brother of the woman had to bring the dog in because he was concerned she wasn't moving well and she didn't look right. And the dog was really subdued, but then she yawned and showed me that her tongue was curled at the end. And I looked at this dog, and I know that in Chinese medicine, the tongue gives gives you a reflection of your body. And the tip of the tongue relates to the heart. And before the dog left the office, I suggested that they have a heart sonogram done. And the specialist called me up later and said, how did you know there was a heart issue? I didn't hear anything, and it wasn't until we did the sonogram that we saw there was a heart issue. And I told him, oh, it's the dog's tongue. That's Chinese medicine. (laughs) And he was left flabbergasted, but he was appreciative that I sent the dog to him for a Western diagnosis. And as long as it remains an integrative approach, I think that's the best for everybody around. I got to tell. I a, agree with can you. Can I tell that, a quick story sense. about dogs? Hold on one second, Wendy. I yes. haven't got to tell the story, and it happened uh, two nights ago. Good friend <laughs> of mine. Matter of fact, he was my jester. Well, I owned an acting company for a long time, and I played a king, and he played a jester. <laughs> he still does it around the country at Renaissance fairs. They were at a Renaissance fair, and he has diabetes. He's like in his late sixties now. He has diabetes, and he, he has one little dog. He has a lot of dogs, but one little dog that will keep an eye on him at night. And apparently his diabetes got critically low overnight and he was not responding. And the dog woke him up by licking his face. That's the second time the dog has woken him up in the middle of the night when his diabetes got low. Yes. Isn't that amazing? The second time he's done. I don't know. They said, you know, it was so low. He might not have lived till morning. Uh, Right. And the animals do that for us because we're so connected. Sorry, I had to tell that story to somebody. to me, that's a great story (laughs) because this was a dog who wasn't trained to be a rescue dog. No, not at all. But but the connection between the person and the animal 
is what exists, and that is beyond verbal communication. It's an energetic connection. And it's and a it's pocket dog. Energetic- it was a chihuahua, of all things. So there you go. <laughs> Even chihuahuas. <laughs> well, at least they're good for something. <laughs> well, in the Chinese uh, personality types or temperament types, the ones that are the pocket dogs that are yappy dogs and talking and really nervous and they're unpredictable, they're fire types. And these fire types, their job is to maintain connection. Mm. So this is a dog who knew his Chinese medicine. Huh. <laughs> he probably studied with Dr. Shea, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Wendy. I had to tell the story. Great story. Thank you, Glenn. Um, no, so Cheryl, when you're talking about, you know, we talk about the five elements a lot here on this segment, and you're mm-hmm. talking about the fire dog. Um, what, uh, you know, a lot of what I got of, of the five elements with the personalities of the pets come from your book, The Four Paws, mm-hmm. Five Directions. It's such right. a great resource, and not just for veterinarians, but also, like, if you want to learn more about the five elements, I always tell my clients that they should pick up your book because it's a great read. So can you tell us just a little bit about, about your book and how you came to writing that? Oh, sure. My book is very old right now. It's 20 years old or 22 years old. I think it came out in 96. So how long, how, what does that make it? 22 or something. Anyway, I, it took me about five years to write and I wrote it because all of my clients would come in and I would teach them about some meridians because I'm a big advocate, Wendy, of people working with their own animal friends Mm -hmm. and that we have the intention and the the assets to help our animals heal and to help them be healthy and be in balance. And I feel that holistic veterinarians in general can give that to their clients, that it's not just the veterinarian who does it, but it's a whole team and the person who lives with that animal, whether it's a dog, cat, or horse, or donkey, or llama, that individual has this, this relationship. And with that relationship, you have the ability to keep the family in balance. So I started to tell all of my clients this, and they said, well, where can I read about this? And there's right. no place to tell them. Mm-hmm. So I wound up writing Four Paws, Five Directions. It took me almost five years to write, believe it or not, because oh, I was wow. working. And yeah. it was my patients, the animals, who taught me how to write it because they would come in and present certain ways. And I had to think, mm-hmm. well, what pattern is that? Yeah. Why is this happening? So it was the animals themselves that guided me. Well, that's great. And so how is your... Um how has your study of the five elements evolved over time? Aside from being with the people and the animals themselves, I recently partnered with Dr. Madeline Ward, who had been a student of mine many years ago. She's a veterinarian who was in Texas for many years, and now mm-hmm. she's in Colorado. And she started a course, an online course and workshops about what she calls temperament typing with horses. And mm-hmm. it's basically personality types and how the interaction occurs between you and your horse. And since she for, learned about the five elements initially from me, she called me recently and said, would you like to adapt this to the dogs and cats? And I said, of course, I do this all of the time, but right. this would be a great avenue mm-hmm. to expand upon it. 
And it makes me think, you know, all of us have, and what kind of animals do you have in your life other than horses? I have a wild Jack Russell and I have, <laughs> I have a flock of geese and I have a flock of chickens and some squirrels. Uh-huh. And goats. Well, <laughs> and what is your horse? What kind of temperament or what kind of personality or template do you feel your horse has? Well, actually, I am a four-in-hand driver. So one of the things uh-huh. I love okay. about Five Elements is I, my favorite horse, Mommy's Baby, is a fire. And I also am a fire. And we yes. kind of have a great relationship together. But when I did the four-in-hand, I also have his brother, who I drive with him a lot in a pair. His brother is a metal. And we love the brother. But then the other horses I had, I could never put another fire into our group. It doesn't work. You know, uh-huh. so I have to either have earth or a metal. That's what we're having. And no woods. We don't want any woods. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then your fire will be out of control. Right. So just for your listening audience, to this circle of nature is what the Chinese medicine long time ago looked at as far as personalities or the way we respond in life in general or in emergency situations. And this could be mm-hmm. a human. It could be any kind of animal. And it's what they create in a circle or in X's between the circle to keep things in balance so that fire gives energy to earth, that gives energy to the metal, which is also air, and the air supports the water, and the water uh, waters the wood of the trees, and then the trees burn, which is the wood, and it creates the fire again. So this is a whole cycle or circle. And the Chinese saw it in nature, and they believe everything that happens outside happens inside. So I think it's really interesting, Wendy, that you said you are a fire, and you get along with your fire horse. Right. And in the Chinese combination, the fire actually controls or balances out the metal. Mm-hmm. So you have your fire horse will actually be able to keep the metal horse in balance. And if he gets out of balance, the metal horse can actually put his energy back onto the fire to balance your fire horse out. Yeah, I think that's why, like, they're two brothers, these two horses. They've been together their whole lives. And right. they're successful driving single, but the best they've ever been is together, you know, yeah. whether it's a pair or tandem or four in hand. And also uh, with my clients, and I don't know if you experience this too, but I have to tell them, like, they need to, we need to figure out what they are also. Yes. Um, because until I realized I was a fire, you know, then sometimes I would react a little bit differently to my fire horse. And once I realized that and embraced it, we have a much better relationship. Right. And if you're, because part of this temperament or template or behavior or personality typing, what that's about is about making a match between you and your animal friends, because we mm-hmm. all choose animals that, that we think fit with us. And we right. don't know why we're attracted to somebody. It may be the way they look. It may be the way they uh, make noises. It may be the way they move through the air and the earth. 
It may be mm-hmm. a twinkling in the eye or how the fur goes or something that looks familiar to us. And we say, oh, yes, we resonate with that animal. We want to take that animal into our family. So sometimes we do that, and it's not a good match. Yeah, and that's true. in many of the situations, both with horses and small animals, this winds up making life miserable, and the horse or the dog or cat needs to be rehomed, or we need to be rehomed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the reasons for looking at this is... My wife's tried to do that is, several times, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> to make you leave? Yeah, to rehome me. Yeah, she, she no. can't find anybody that'll take me, so I'm still here. No, Cheryl, Cheryl, Glenn, Glenn is a fire, and his wife is a metal. She's like ultra metal. <laughs> and we've been together 30 years. Figure that out. Well, it's because you keep each other in balance. <laughs> and, you know, fire is, they like excitement. The fire is, look at me, I'm flashy, I'm... I need to be loved, and I'd like you to tell me how wonderful I am all of the time. And the meadow goes, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'm more interested in doing my job, and I like things in order, <laughs> and I like to do things a certain way. This is our and marriage. I have a exactly. plan. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And by the way, any of the listeners that want yes. to send me uh, uh, emails that are telling me how wonderful I am, you can send them to Glenn at HorseRadioNetwork.com. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, you're sending complaints about how terrible I am, send them to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> and the middle wants to be more, what is my job? What do I do? And right. that kind of individual needs a different type of training. So mm-hmm. if you have an individual who needs, what's my job? And how can I do my best? It's all about how to make the best of the animal's capabilities rather than just looking at the human all the time. Mm -hmm. So that with a middle type individual, you need to be consistent. You need to have a specific plan and you need to be practical. Metal is about analytical and thinking and the mind. And it's not about the kissy feely type. Right. So that you don't have to say, oh, you're the best and I love you. The metal individual will say, I don't care about that. What are we doing now? Right. And what's your plan? And can I They like a schedule. <laughs> they like a schedule and they like to know that you know what you're doing. Right. So that if you show any hesitancy about your confidence, they don't like that. They'll listen to you. But if you make a mistake, they'll hold that against you and hold a grudge forever. You know, I'm so glad you're doing this for the dogs and cats because... yeah. In the horse world, you know, that is a common situation that sometimes you see, because metals are really, really good and they're easy to train if you know how to train them. But the unbalanced metals I see, they do get very nervous if you're not a confident rider. And in that case, we as horse people, you know, it's, we're very aware because we're riding them. But sometimes with the dogs, you see that in the dogs and the people don't understand why the dog is is so anxious because right, they don't because, they're not going to get bucked off if the dog's not happy the dog is the one that's going to suffer but the people are also suffering but i i think this is really going to help the people understand yes i right i think so too because it makes you see are you a good fit and very often the individuals who get these metal type dogs mm-hmm. they really want a best friend 
And they want someone they can cuddle, and they want someone they can pet, and they want someone who will be with them. Well, your middle dog will be with you. But it's it's a work relationship. It's a job. I have someone working with me now. uh, (laughs) Right. They want to know. They want to be competent. They're Mm -hmm. perfectionists. They want to do what they want, and they know what to do. And very often they're one-person individuals, and if they respect you, they'll work for you. And if they don't, then they won't work for you. So, you know, but on the other hand, if you're a very nervous individual, which fire can be anxious if you get out of balance, Mm -hmm. then you don't want another fire individual or a wood individual around. You want someone who's an earth individual who can stay grounded and consistent and fair and still have the connection with you. So out of all of the groups, like fire needs that connection and you do it with love. Earth needs the connection as a family member, as a grounded member. So if you ever watch Lassie, and mm-hmm. that may date me, but <laughs> Lassie <laughs> on TV, the collie, who is the family dog, was the babysitter. Yeah. And Lassie took care of the kids, and Lassie was grounded, knew what to do. And right. in return, Lassie got and respect and food. They're very food-driven. Right. And fire individuals aren't really food-driven. So yeah, I think- I'm... That's the thing people always expect. I'm going to train my dog with food. Like there's only one way to train a dog. You either do it, you know, you're going, I'm going to click or train it with food. Well, not all dogs care about food. I know it's hard to believe. (laughs) Well, I have a fire water cat Mm -hmm. and my cat, I got him when he was young. He was abandoned in the street at a very young age and he's had digestive issues his entire life. And Mm -hmm. with that, what I talk to people about with abandonment, and this happens with rescue horses a lot, as well as with the small animals who have been abandoned, you find them in shelters or find them on the street, is that it, it really eats away at their confidence and their structure. So the stability of who they are and their survival mechanism has been maimed for life. Mm -hmm. It's been utilized for a long period of time. So every time they see the world, it's going to go through the glasses of, oh, my God, what's my survival doing? Uh And it will impact you with a lot of different things. So my cat has had digestive issues. And in order to make him eat, he needs company. He needs to be petted. He needs to be reassured. So in Chinese medicine, there's a saying, it says that the water gives you reassurance, the metal gives you acknowledgement, the earth gives you sympathy, the wood gives you direction, and the fire gives you connection. Some animals, like my cat, need reassurance and petting when they eat. Why? Because in the past, they either had an issue with not getting enough food or when they eat, it may hurt when it hits the stomach, but there's some kind of digestive issue that goes on and they feel better if someone is with them reassuring them. And in Chinese medicine, we say that the water gives you reassurance, the metal gives you acknowledgement, the earth gives you your sympathy, the wood gives you direction, and the fire gives you connection. 
So if an individual needs reassurance and connection when they're eating, then we know they're, they're water fire types. This means that they can get anxious easily. Their, uh, their anxiety level will come up really quickly. They like new situations because they're smart and curious, but they may not be able to tolerate them. They give out quickly. They may also be kind of a self-destruct individual where if they're having too much fun, they don't care about what's happening and they can hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. So there are different personality types or different temperament types that if you let them live up to their potential without knowing how to manage it, they can have physical issues later on or they can have emotional issues that don't go with your family. And I have friends who have children, and they've had fire individuals who got very out of balance and very anxious, and the child was a wood individual. The child was in the terrible twos of being aggressive and assertive and screaming and shouting, and this drove the, the dog out of his mind, and he would <laughs> turn around and try to bite the kid. <laughs> and the people said, oh, my God, you know, this is a very nice dog, and now we right. can't keep the dog. Right. So what do you do? And if you have a wood-type child or animal. You get, rid, you of the wo- you get rid of the wood, kid. <laughs> I was going to say, I want to bite the kid, thing- too. Was- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the thing is, is that if you yell at the wood individual, it makes it worse. So instead, you want to use the metal that can help manage them to, like, reason with them, Mm -hmm. if you can reason. But as soon as you amp up to them, like amp up with fire or too much wood, that'll take the situation out of control. Yeah. And, you know, that's the number one reason that pets go to the the shelter is for behavioral problems. Yeah. So people can understand, I mean, something as simple as what you said with your cat. Like sometimes you give people advice like, well, just pet him when he's eating. And they <laughs> think that's not veterinary medicine, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, well, when you see animals, Wendy, don't you look at the whole thing? Don't you look yeah. at the environment and the emotions right. and right. the spiritual and the belief the system in the house? Sometimes I give my clients something that's so easy. It's just you need to be present or you need to be aware or you just need to like, you know, like you said, pet them, reassure them. And they feel like, well, isn't there a pill I could use? Hey, I hate to I hate to interrupt this party, but we're running out of time, Wendy. Um, okay, okay. So do oh, you want to okay. talk about the classes? Yes. Uh, I wanted to talk about classes. I offer online workshops, and the workshops are at this point pre-recorded, so they've been in front of a live audience. And I teach people, not veterinarians necessarily, but people who love their animals, so animal caregivers, about herbs and homeopathy, and also about the five elements and different things in Chinese medicine. And the classes can be looked at on my website, which at some point very soon will be up to date. (laughs) And we have some classes on the nervous system, herbs for anxiety, herbs for the kidney, uh, herb things about the immune system for digestion. And 
These are classes both that I've done with Matthew Wood, who's a really good Western herbalist, and on my own. And they are available on my website, drcherylschwartz.com. Also, uh, it's part of a series that I started a, well, a kind of organization called Healthy Pet Pathways. And it's my intention to share some of the years of experience I've had, what the animals have shown me, to give back to them and the people who love them. So Healthy Pet Pathways will be hosting a series of online classes, some of them pre-recorded and some of them that I'm working on now, that will be interactive. So I invite people to come and do that. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Cheryl. You, Like I said, you've been such an inspiration to my life and my way I practice medicine. And I, I think that our listeners would really enjoy some of these uh, online workshops and to hear more about you. So thanks oh, so much thank for joining Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. If you are a driver and not a member of the American Driving Society, you are missing out. The benefits of membership are amazing, including a subscription to their glossy magazine, The Whip, featuring all the latest news and feature articles for the sport of carriage driving. And you'll get the digital newsletter, The Wheel Horse, delivered right to your email. Not a competitor? Then the ADS membership will give you online access to the ADS Trail Guide, a state-by-state guide for recreational drivers. If you are a Pleasure or CDE competitor, then access to the omnibus of upcoming carriage competitions is a must-have. You'll also be eligible for their recognition programs, including the ADS Youth Championships, the Hours to Drive, along with the all-new ADS Driven Dressage Awards, plus eligibility to participate in the North American CDE Intermediate Calculated Championships and the North American Intermediate and Preliminary Championships. You can find it all at AmericanDrivingSociety.org. That's AmericanDrivingSociety.org to get your membership today. Okay, our next guest is Tracy Bowman, and she is an eventing and combined driving trainer at Kismet Farm in Martinez, California. She and her Welsh cob, Taylor Moore Lorabelle, have been chosen to be part of Team USA with Diane Kastama and Bob Giles at the Para Championships in Holland. So welcome, Tracy. Well, welcome to the Driving Radio Show, Tracy. Thanks. Excited to get to talk to the two of you. Yeah, so uh, I'm so glad you're here with us because um, this fall, there's so many championships and things going on. We were just talking about the singles championships and um, your para championships. This is the first time that two world championships are going to be held at the same time at the same show. Um, Right. So that's pretty exciting. Where is the show? It's in Cronenberg, the Netherlands. And have you competed overseas in the past? Uh, not driving, but when I rode, I I have. Yeah, and now you started off as a three-day eventer, right? Correct. Yep. That's pretty exciting. When and now you're yeah. a, and now you're a combined driver. Yeah. Well, the situation sort of forced that. So because now I'm uh, I've been a paraplegic since '94. So 
kind of hard to ride that way and compete in eventing. <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you then. How do you, how do you how's the sure. cart arrangement work for you? Um, I don't have too many adaptations. I just have a five point harness, and that's about it, really. Everything else is pretty standard. Although on my marathon carriage, I do have a brake for my navigator, but they never use it. So I really don't. It's not even necessary. Got it. So you have a brake that, that the the navigator can pre, can use for the hind for the rear wheels. Correct. Yeah, but you know we've never found it necessary, and I usually actually drive a lot on my own. Um, our facility is great for that. So I've you know my my pony's big enough in the butt. She can do a lot of braking on her own just using the breeching. I've never found that I was ever in a situation. And I needed that break anyway, but it's there mm-hmm. if I need it, should I ever need it. See, those Kardashian butts come in handy every once in a while. <laughs> That's right. You got it. Those big old bubble butts, they come in handy when you need them. Okay, speaking of big butts, what what kind of pony do you drive? I have a Welsh cob. Oh, my oh, favorite. Benji. Yeah. Well, um, if you know Benji Levy, then his horse, Sky that he drives single is her full brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, they bred Bella, what is her, her street name, not mm-hmm. Taylor Moore, Laura Bell, but it's Bella to her friends is, um, Sky's full brother. She just never grew enough for him to, uh, think she was going to be competitive enough for him. Cause he likes to drive horses. Yeah. So, so, so she's size. Yep, she's a pony. So where Sky, I think, is about fifteen too. Yeah. Now, um, uh, are you so in the para championships? It's a little different from the other championships because you can compete a pony, and there are other people that are competing horses, right? You guys all compete together. Correct. Apparently, I have, this is my first championship. They mm-hmm. judge them all together. Just the ponies do the pony times. And the horses do the horse times. And so, um, what do you feel? Have you ever driven a single horse or, or you've always done? No, uh-uh. I tried driving a pair, but you know, um, my level's fairly high and it just made me my injury level. So yeah. I'm not super, super strong. And I noticed it. I noticed driving a pair of ponies even made me a little nervous. Yeah. Uh, Bella is my dream partner. So I can't say enough about her. I feel safe with her, but she is competitive. She's fast. She's strong. Uh, she enjoys her job and really gets into it. So I feel well, very comfortable with her. You know, I think with uh, driving the ponies, or driving a single pony against a single horse, it's kind of a toss up because the ponies can be so super fast and the horses have a longer stride, but sometimes the ponies are so fast around the corners. They just whiz around. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know how we do. (laughs) So, um, uh, what, I mean, it's a big undertaking to get yourself over to Europe with the pony and the carriage and all this. I mean, it would be hard 
I know that a lot of the Californians have a hard time just coming back to the East Coast to compete. So, so what are you facing trying to get all this stuff to Holland? It is pretty daunting. You know, that's why I think a lot of pair drivers end up leasing horses and because and, it's a lot of money. You know, it's a lot of money mm-hmm. to in, to fly the horse. And then if you're going to bring your carriages, those have to either get flown or you have to take your chance on what they call the magical mystery tour of shipping them in right. a container. And that, that you know, it, it's a lot of faith that you put into getting this stuff over there and then double that as far as the financial burden that can be really restricting. So mm-hmm. I have a pretty good um, group of people and we've put a good auction together with some fundraising, um, but we'll still never be able to raise enough funds to bring everything. I can't bring the pony and my dressage carriage and my marathon carriage. Mm-hmm. So I've been lucky enough to secure a sponsorship where I'm getting some carriages donated for use over there. And so I, yeah, it's really, it really worked out great. I'm so thankful. And, um, I'm trying to get the money raised to just pay for the pony. Plus, you know, Paris sports don't get any money, uh, Mm -hmm. to the athletes. I don't know how many people are aware of that, even though it's a actual, um, U.S. Championship, International Championship, we don't get any support other than coaching support and veterinary right. support, which is great, but yeah. the athletes don't get any money. So it's a lot. Yeah, so you have to pay, so, you have to pay to fly you over, the pony over, and plus, hotel, like, all your, your navigator. Rental car. And, yeah. Yeah, anything you need to live your daily life on a daily basis and have your horse, you got to pay for You know, another thing with combined driving is we have to walk the course so much, right? You know, and I don't know if you have a modification for your wheelchair for walking golf carts. Nah, it's to do the extent if I didn't want to drive the, the, you know, the, the trot section and the walk section cold, I'd Mm -hmm. have to, we just use a golf cart. So, and that they've made special um, dispensation for that to happen. So they're used to yeah. that. Well, that's good. So lucky and, um, about that. So, you know, your online fundraiser looks really great and we'll share the link on our page to that, but it's, um, www dot third, the number 32 auctions.com slash get Tracy to the worlds. And there's some great things on there. Like you have the cabin there- in Lake Tahoe, yeah, and let me tell you, that's not a cabin. That's a mansion. It's I know they put the word cabin, but yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's got a media room and everything, so it's oh, not a wow. cabin. Well, that's yeah. great. And then um, I saw you have some like stallion readings, show entries, lessons, and then uh, and Glenn, you'll love this. They have some fun things. Tickets to San Francisco's Giants game, right? Yeah, it's. I'm surprised at what is generating the most interest. It seems like food. Anything to do with Pam Mazzola's cooking, um, since they're restaurateurs and they own some very. Uh, she's a James Beard Award winner from oh, San Francisco, wow. so yeah. everybody's jumping at. Yeah, so if it has to do with food, seems people are bidding on it. Yeah, I was but looking I at the food stuff too because I'm the same <laughs> yeah. as everybody else apparently. <laughs> Yes, yes, that that's like that's great. Oh, that's I know where great. everybody's heads are. 
for the food. Well, Tracy, thanks so That's much right. for joining us. We really are excited. I have, to I have be, one quick uh, question for Tracy. Oh, so Tracy, sure. now what are there limits to? You were talking about adaptations before, and you you basically are strapped in. So are there limits to? I know. We, we cover the para-riders a lot and talk about what they're allowed to use and not allowed to use. So are there restrictions on things you can't use, uh, you know, for, a, for adapting? Well, I, I know that they don't encourage us to be actually strapped in. They want the five-point harness to have a quick release so that, you know, should there be a turnover, that you can deal with that. But um, I think you it's just a matter of of it being reasonable if you need something and it isn't unreasonable uh of an adaptation then i think they're going to say yes to your request i don't know of anybody that's asked for something that's reasonable that they've been turned down for so there's things like you know velcro gloves or not using gloves if you've got weird dexterity issues um being able to use a golf cart to walk the course, things like that. I mean, everything makes sense. So I think it would be really awful, actually, if something got turned down that was reasonable. And I don't know that anybody's encountered that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because everybody must have different um, ways to, you know, deal with it. So probably all even yeah. in the end. Yeah, and, and that's what's nice about getting in the community is you kind of never thought of something and then you have some somebody else that's doing it differently or using a different piece of equipment that could make your mm-hmm. life that much easier. And yeah. it's, it's great. It's great to be in a community. Just, just even just in the driving community, you learn yeah. things. And I'm bringing a lot of um, a high performance level eventing experience with mm-hmm. my business. And so I know a lot about aftercare and that sort of um, helpful thing. And I've been aiding the driving community with things as like using different equipment and how to properly condition your horse. And so it's, you know, the horses make everybody very intimate and it's great. It's a great thing. Well, we wish you the best of luck at the championships. And when you come home, you're going to have to tell us all about it. All right. I will. That's a promise. <laughs> I don't mind me. I'm still shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay, There's a bunch cut. of different stuff on here. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Ac- absolutely. So you, you look and call your friends. Okay. We tried to put a few things on there that weren't just local because yeah. I do know that that is true a lot of our stuff is local so that does restrict but there's a few things on there and we actually have a few more things coming in so um you know you can update and look at the site about once or twice a week and there'll be new things on there all right well good luck with it all right well thanks a lot all right thank you Well, it doesn't feel like it, but fall is just around the corner, and so is one of the nation's favorite pleasure shows, the Villa Louis Carriage Classic. Do you love big hats, picnics, and driving on manicured lawns along the Mississippi River? Well, I do, and show organizer Mike Ryder is here to tell us all about it. You forgot the food. Mike, you have good food too, right? We have excellent food. I knew it. Thanks for the plug line. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) 
Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming back to tell us about this show. It's so much fun. So what are you doing this year? Well, well thanks, guys, for, for bringing me back. And I wanted to compliment you also on the, the new format in the Horses in the Morning. I love that. Getting oh, driving some more exposure. Yay. Hey, so, so this year we're in our 38th year uh, of the show. And we're, we're doing the – everybody asks what we do new or different. And we're not, we don't do very much new or different. And I think that's a, a plus in our book. We're pretty mm-hmm. consistent, and we have a good, good formula, so we don't try to mix it up too much. Just a good, good, old-fashioned pleasure driving event, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the weekend after Labor Day. So that's September 6th and 9th this year, right? 7th, 8th, and 9th, yep. 7th, 8th, and 9th. And um, now tell us about the showgrounds that you have, the, sure. have it at. Right. Villa Louie is a historic site owned by the state of Wisconsin, it's a, it was a uh, house built in the late 1800s uh, by the Delsman family, which was, a, was reported to be Wisconsin's first millionaire. He was a fur trading guy that also got into lumbering and the railroads and all sorts of things. So he had an estate here. His son went on to raise uh, thoroughbreds, or uh, not thoroughbreds, standard breads. I stand corrected. Standard mm-hmm. bred horses for trotting. Oh, wow. They had a trotting track on the farm. Uh, and so that's where the the horse show is kind of a throwback to the to the old days when they used to have uh, standard bred races at the farm. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, I just love the pictures that I see of this show because it's like this beautiful grassy lawn with the river yeah. in the background. I mean, your pictures Absolutely. are so fabulous. We uh, we're fortunate that Bob Mishka lives not too far from here and takes <laughs> wonderful photos for us and gives us some for publicity. But yeah, the, the Mississippi River literally is adjacent to the the showgrounds, and mm-hmm. the the State Historical Society uh, maintains the facility. They uh, they give tours there during the summer, and so we're we're kind of a big draw for them, a big weekend where they get lots of uh, spectators that come and watch the horse show and tour the the historic site. So. Um... How many spectators do you usually have every year? Usually we figure about 600 to 750, somewhere in Wow. That's we, a uh, giant we, audience we, for driving shows, huh? <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of the bigger ones. Walnut Hill used to have, you know, great, with great crowds too. And I used, I went to Walnut Hill a handful of times, so right. I can attest to that. We, uh, w- some of the things that we do to bring in uh, people is we send coupons out to the local people. That, you know, they, we charge admission, but we, we, we send it to the local zip codes and we send them, you know, buy one, get one free, essentially, because you live in this town and don't right. take up any hotel rooms to come. So we send out like buy one, get one free coupons to everybody in the town. Mm-hmm. And then we, we keep a database. I keep a database of anybody who comes to the show who is I write down their address off their checks is how I steal their address. <laughs> and if, we're gonna if you're just... a spectator here. If we're yeah. going to describe you, where Prairie Duchesne is, how yeah. would we tell people? Sure, Prairie Duchesne is. I tell people it's an hour north or an hour north of Dubuque, Iowa, and an hour south of La Crosse, Wisconsin. So it's right on the Mississippi River, sandwiched in between La Crosse, Wisconsin, and Dubuque, Iowa. Essentially, it's in the corner of the southwest corner of Wisconsin, where Iowa is immediately adjacent to us, but Minnesota is about twenty miles north and. Illinois is about 35 to 40 miles south of us. Got it. And you're west of Madison, Wisconsin. West of Madison, an hour and a half. Yes. Okay. Got it. So now with the, with the ending of Walnut Hill, are you guys the longest running pleasure show in the United States? 
We are not the longest running, as far as I know. I think that is not us. I, I saw somebody the other day, Lorenzo, maybe had their 40th annual. Oh, that's so, right. Lorenzo. Yeah. Yes. Lorenzo's been going a long close. time. You're close. We are <laughs> close. We're at our 38th year. And, uh, you know, I, every year I say, uh, my goal is to make it through this year. Really, I have a goal <laughs> in the back of my head to live through the 40th annual. Right. I think I can do that. But You can make it. And yeah. so what kind of carriages do you expect this year? You know, we, we expect every, lots of, uh, you know, different kinds of carriages. We have um, four-in-hand carriages, the pair carriages, uh, phaetons. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a lots of, uh, we have a utility division, so we get lots of the, the fry carts and the utility marathon-type carriages and that, too. Mm -hmm. Do you have so, the commercial? Do you have a commercial? We, we don't have a commercial division. I offered it one year. Um, for a couple of classes and didn't get anybody interested uh, in it. Yeah. And it's really, you know, I love a commercial, I love a commercial class. I love to watch them, but it's hard to get people, um, especially in this area, people that have commercial carriages. A lot of people that have commercial carriages don't necessarily drive them. Right. Yeah. They're just having for show. And, and, and something yeah. that's always growing around the country is minis. And I see you have mini divisions. Oh, we have, yeah, we have a mini division, and it's very popular. <laughs> I bet. It's a very popular division. <laughs> and, the, and the spectators love that, too. The spectators love the minis. And um, we've had, a, uh, in the last year, we had a miniature donkey was the first time. we You know, we've had lots Aww. of miniature horses, but miniature donkeys, and I love them, too. Me, too. Um, and so is your, your show is rated by the American Driving Society, right? Correct. Yep, yep, we're an ADS show and have been as long as I've been involved, which has been since like 1985 or 86. Mm -hmm. So um, if somebody has never been to a driving show before mm -hmm. and they come to your show, what, what is the best strategy for seeing everything? What, what advice would you give them? See, we, uh, our show runs a little different than for say like the old Walnut Hill show. We run two rings at the same time. Mm -hmm. so we have our main, main pleasure ring, which we have our, uh, divisional classes of like rainsmanship, turnout, and working. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually we run those turnout is first because people like to clean up at home and don't like to really polish a ton of grass at the show. Right. Then we do our rainsmanship class, and then we do the working class as our third one uh, mm -hmm. on the weekend. And typically we do that because when I used to show, my horses were better in the, the later the show went on. <laughs> they were a little more naughty. Did you have class, Arabs? So what did you have? No, no. I, I showed I showed uh, standard breads and I showed some crossbreds. But oh, no, okay. I, I trained for a week or two ahead of time. So it wasn't mm -hmm. like I came to the show cold. Right. But, but they uh, but they weren't she well didn't come warm either. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> that's right. So they would get better as the show went on. So usually that's the format we stuck with. Was well, that's the advantage of running your own show. That's you can set yeah. it up the way and you want. Working. <laughs> and then we oh, uh, that's what happens in our main ring. Then our second ring. And then we have our games classes, which is the the timed obstacles, the gambler's choice, and the cross country pace. So oh, people great. can come so, and, and well, go back and forth between the two. So no matter what day they come, they can still see some ring classes and some yep. uh, cones classes. Class. Yep. And actually, we only run cones on the cone, on the timed obstacles. We do gambler's choices, like we set up, uh, you know, uh, flags that they have to drive under. And, oh, great. Uh, you know, figure eights and things like that with different obstacle elements. And then the cross country is like over close to a mile or sometimes longer than a mile. It goes around the park. 
and we have a water crossing and a little um, planks on the ground that simulates a bridge. And mm. and then last year, last year, my favorite obstacle was we made some skunks, some little wooden skunks. Yeah. And I went to, we have a Cabela's here in town. I went to the Cabela's and found skunk spray because apparently hunters put it on them. Yeah. Make so that they don't smell. And I sprayed the ground then with skunk spray. So that's okay. like skunk when you drove by. <laughs> that is not fair. <laughs> Nobody's horses objected, though. I was, I was. No, the people did, but the horses were fine. People did. Yeah. Oh, I thought the horses would think they were real skunks and not go over there. Yeah. No. And and the the the, what I picked that up from is I used to be involved with the circus parade here. We would Mm -hmm. do we would drive horses in the circus parade, and we wouldn't be able to smell the big cat. But when you were driving the horses towards the big cat cages, the horses would just instinctively dodge away from there because they could smell the big cats. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, you have some other fun classes. Uh, you have an attendance class, right? What What is that right. about? The, the attendance class is essentially the groom's class or mm-hmm. people that, you know, uh, we've had people that have volunteered at the show then that have friends with carriages. And, and so it's their, it's people, their, their only class of the show. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun because uh, it's sponsored by a local family who, uh, you know, the, the husband was the ultimate groom and unfortunately then he passed away, but you know, it he, that would, was something he would be involved in just highlighting the, the grooms and, yeah. and giving the, the help, uh, the chance for the spotlight, which is, oh, doesn't good. happen often. Cause you can yeah. get, then they'll come back next year, even after they know right. how much work it is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I, I remember when I showed and I had, you know, I had wonderful helpers and it's like, this is a great way to show off your helpers, especially if they're interested in driving at all, is to let them drive the class. That's and right. and I, we, we're going to run out of time here shortly, but I wanted yeah. to mention okay. that you guys are known, I joked about it earlier, but you really are known for having some of the best food around um, as far as shows are concerned. And you have special mm-hmm. meals you can buy tickets for in the evenings, right? You do, do you do Correct. fish and steak and that kind of we thing? Do. Yep, yep. We have a fish fry on Friday night which it's fresh caught Mississippi catfish that the guy brings the little uh, fryer onto the lawn and deep fries the catfish right on the lawn. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I don't like catfish, but it, it tastes quite good. I have to say mm-hmm. I've tried a little bit of it. And then on <laughs> that's our Friday night dinner. Saturday night dinner, we have a prime rib dinner. And another one, I don't really care for prime rib, but a lot of people do. So what? I, 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 what? <laughs> Wendy just I divorced you. You're out. What? <laughs> I, I, I eat my steaks well done. Yeah, me too. Very well done. I know, and they never so, make the prime oh rib. If god. they just take it, put it on the grill a little bit in each side. Oh my god, it'd be I, great. My ears are bleeding. <laughs> oh, be... just like a prime rib, but they are. It's bleeding like a prime rib. <laughs> I always ask for the end, but somebody else has always asked for the end before me. You know. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like the end too, and I, and I, the good thing is that Bill Louis, I get the end because. I pay the bill. Right. Like, yeah, you're the boss. <laughs> That's the reason I like the restaurants for the, the Brazilian steakhouses, because they're constantly mm-hmm. putting the crispy outsides on all of it. And when they bring it out, everybody gets a crispy outside. It's perfect. That's true. That's true. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it is yeah. good. All right. Now, now I'm hungry. All right. Well, <laughs> the website is carriageclassic.com, right? Carriageclassic.com. CarriageClassic.com. You don't have yep, to spell Villa Louis because nobody get it right. So it's just CarriageClassic.com. And uh, if you're in that area and you haven't checked it out yet, you must. It's a must-see for all horse people. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks a bunch. 
Well, and of course, we have to talk about the American Driving Society, as they have been a sponsor of the driving radio show since we started like eight years ago. And uh, they, you know, they're the organization that everybody wants to be involved with here in the United States, because that's who controls the driving in the United States. And they also control the rules. And every year about this time, there are rule proposals put in, right? That's right. So um, every year, starting August 1st, the, um, the comments are open for all members to review the proposed rule changes. Um, and so uh, if you're going to complain about the rules, <laughs> instead of just time. complaining to your friends, <laughs> you should go online. And this is like a new, um, not new, it's been around for, for many years, but Mike Arnold was actually instrumental in starting this. And it's really been a great way for for members to give their input on different rules. And sometimes, um, like for me, I've never driven minis, right? So a lot of the mini people will comment on the rules because they may have been something, if you've never driven a mini, these rules may um, affect someone driving a mini versus someone that's driving a horse or like for me, when I, when I'm reading some of these rules, sometimes it's a four in hand driver. I think, well, that only applies to a single. So that's why it's important that all members put, give in their feedback and to, um, get to the rule change blog. You just go to the ADS home site, which is American driving society.org. And in the top menu, there's a button that says rule changes. And you just click on that, and then that'll take you to the blog. And so it's really easy. You can just scroll through, and then um, you do need to log in uh, to submit your comments. So you have to be a and, member to, to submit. Yeah, you, yeah. you should be a member. Yep. You should be a member anyways to support driving. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but also the committees then um, are given this feedback and then they discuss it in their in their meetings because there's different committees, the combined driving committee, pleasure driving committee, and general rules. So that's how they get the member suggestions back to the committees. You can find that at AmericanDrivingSociety.org. If you're not a member yet, go there to sign up. And you also get the cool magazine. It's called The Whip. And uh, that's one of the ones that everybody looks forward to getting. Yep, and they have all kinds of apparel. The the omnibus you can find that on the website. That is the um, that tells you about all the different shows that they're having th- throughout the year. And then also, they're having their annual meeting down here with us in Florida at the Grand Oaks in the um, in January. We're definitely going to have to go over for that. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with another show. Jamie will be here, so please join us then. Get your really bad ads in to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. We need a couple more, so please do take a look today and send those in. Don't forget that you can find all the past episodes of the Driving Radio Show at HorsesInTheMorning.com or the easiest way is to go to DrivingRadioShow.com. We still put them up there, so you'll find them there as well, all in one spot we have like seven years worth so if you want to catch up you can go back there to catch up and of course you can find horses in the morning on all your usual players and on our phone app ios or android just search for horse radio network and uh, that's about it for this week on the driving radio show wendy all right keep the shiny side up 